Welcome to Curiosity Taught the Cat, the podcast where we take animals you see every day, animals you've heard of, and animals you didn't know existed, and break them down in a single episode. Our goal as animal lovers is to spread knowledge and awareness about the creatures we share this floating rock with. We hope you learn something new. Welcome to Curiosity Taught the Cat. I'm Jack. I'm Julia. And what are we talking about today, Julia? Today we are talking about the caribou. And the reason we are talking about the caribou this week is because of the other popular name for the caribou. So this week, a lot of people around the world are going to be celebrating Christmas. And one of the uh, kind of uh, cultural relevant animals for Christmas is the reindeer, which is the caribou. The caribou and the reindeer are the same animal. The big difference being is just a cultural difference. Some places it's called reindeer. Some places it's called a caribou. Some people refer to domesticated caribou as reindeer, while the wild ones are caribou. So just know if we say caribou reindeer, they are the same animal. And just some extra names for this. Like we said, it has a bunch of nicknames because later we'll say where it's found, but it's very spread out. And so there's a lot of local names from like tribes in different areas. So some of them that uh, I found were the Tuktu and the Tutu, as well as the Kalapu. Um, and I'm, I'm sorry if I'm butchering any of these names, but they're also called the Wren and referred to as the Northern Deer sometimes. So yeah, Julia referred to why they have all these different names, and it's because they are found all over the world. They are basically found... Uh, everywhere above the 50th latitude, or is it the fi- or no? That was or, or that was earlier uh, in history. But no, like anywhere, like cold, uh, wherever that may be in the world, that's where they are found. So they are found in North America, um, Greenland, uh, Europe, Asia. So like northern Russia type area. Uh, so today they are mainly found in the main places are going to be Alaska, Norway, Finland, Siberia, Greenland, and Canada. Those are going to be the main places where the reindeer is found. And there are nine subspecies of the caribou. And funny enough, the scientific name actually translates to reindeer, reindeer, which I think is pretty funny. So with the reindeer, like we mentioned, there's many different subspecies. So they vary in, you know, size and shape and color based on where they're found. So just a general appearance. It's called the reindeer because it does have a very deer-like appearance. Um, it's larger than a normal deer would be. Um, but I think the most amazing part about these are their antlers. And I learned that their antlers can get up to 53 inches tall and 39 inches wide. So that's just their antlers alone. Um, but beside that, their coloration, uh, it can go anywhere from a, you know, like a black to brown to grays and whites. Um, like I said, it kind of just depends on where they're from and what species they are. And when thinking about their antlers, one thing that I that I think is a little different compared to other deer is their antlers are what's considered kind of like soft tip. So you think of most most deer, they're kind of like sharp pointed antlers. They look really menacing. The reindeer, they're more uh, rounded edges, uh, very big and grand looking. But yeah, they are really cool. And I also learned that reindeer slash caribou 
are the only deer where males and females grow antlers. Now, it's not every female grows antlers, but they're the only species where both male and female can grow antlers. So like Julia mentioned how their coloration and whatnot can be different depending on where they live. Their size is also dependent. So their size range is huge because of the different species. There are some that only get up to about 180 pounds, whereas the largest uh, bull or uh, largest buck ever found uh, weighed over 700 pounds. Um, so it just depends on the species where it's at. So that's usually the weight. So literally anywhere from 180 pounds all the way up to 700 pounds. Usually the average for most of them is around like 500 pounds. So they're, they are pretty big deer. Uh, and then height wise, um, they are about four to five feet at the shoulder. So we've talked about this with quadruped animals. Um, they are measured, their height is measured to the shoulder uh, because since their head, they can move uh, how high their head is. So to the shoulder, caribou are about four to five feet, which is, that, that's pretty big. So uh, with their head fully up, they'd probably be able to look a grown man in the eyes. So just more description on their antlers because I really do think that's one of the most unique part about this animal is... So another fun fact is that the further north you go, usually it's smaller antler sizes you find with the reindeer. Um, so, you know, again, we don't know exactly why this is, but that's just what we have found um, studying these animals over the year. And then another fun fact about their antlers is that they actually fall off and regrow every single year. So usually during springtime, is when their antlers will start growing back again and they'll have this, you know, thick like velvety coat over the top of them that'll start to shed off once their antlers are fully grown. And then once wintertime comes, like November, December, they will actually lose their antlers over and then regrow them back the next spring. And then when these antlers do regrow, each year they grow back larger and have more prongs. And so it's kind of a way to help us see how old they are because they'll have more points coming out of them and the older reindeer, and they'll also be larger, which also, you know, it's kind of to show the other people, I'm bigger, I'm older. It's a, like a domination intimidation factor. And they actually have the second largest size of antlers behind moose. And they have the largest antlers to body size in any deer species. So that just kind of shows you how big and grand their antlers actually are. So then I'm going to move on talking about their hooves. And a fun word that I learned this week about hooved animals, hooved animals are called ungulates. Uh, that is the scientific term for any hooved animal. Uh, but the caribou's hooves are really interesting. Uh, they're almost, they're, they're described as cloven shape and they're hollow. And what is really interesting is they will use them as shovels. So they're in the snow. Uh, a lot of the food that they're trying to eat is underneath that snow. And they, once they are able to find it by smelling it, they will use their hooves to kind of dig up the snow uh, and use those like shovel shape to get to the vegetation. The hooves are also really wide to help them walk on top of snow. So we talked about this with the polar bear where they have really wide paws and it makes really good snowshoes. So they're able to walk on top of the snow and not fall through. And then also similar to the polar bear, the caribou has two layers of fur. So we talked about this last time is to help keep them warm and keep them dry. Um, so they have the outer layer and the under layer. The outer layer is that like a lot tougher hair. Um, you, you, most people, if they've, if you've ever pet a deer, it, it is really like coarse. It is not soft hair. Whereas the hair underneath is usually more tightly packed, a lot softer. And that's kind of the waterproof coat to help keep them dry. 
Uh, there was someone that even said uh, it's funny to watch reindeer swim because it's almost like they're floating on top of the water because of how dense their coat is underneath. It's It kind of like lifts them up in the water to make them really buoyant. And that's another really good point too, tying in also their hooves. Their hooves are also really good as paddles because they're so wide and hollow. They are really good as paddles. The caribou is actually a really good swimmer. They can swim up to six kilometers an hour. And you'll see this with a lot of the bigger deer, especially uh we might have talked about it. Yeah, we talked about it with moose during the orca episode. They are really good swimmers because they're buoyant and they have these big hooves that act as paddles. And since we already kind of talked about, uh, you know, they use their, their hooves to dig up, what they actually eat is they eat lichen, grass, leaves, and mushrooms. That is their main diet. They eat mostly vegetation, um, pretty much anything they can find. Uh, but we've also watched them eat sometimes small rodents, birds' eggs, and fish. And this is usually only after mating season when they lose a lot of their body weight. So they eat these to kind of bring their body weight back up because they lose a lot of their actual fat. And with their feeding habits, one of the really cool uh, aspects of the caribou is their migration. They are migratory animals. They are basically trying to follow where the most vegetation will be. Um, so they have been, some herds have traveled more than 600 miles to get to their summer grazing grounds. So they are prepared for very long, uh, migratory walks. And then another interesting thing I saw was an adult caribou can eat up to 12 pounds of food each day. So they, they are eating a lot of food. And with their migration, they can actually travel up to 35 miles in a single day while migrating. And, you know, this is at like a kind of a, you know, normal walking pace. But I also learned that they can reach speeds up to 50 miles an hour. So, I mean, in short bursts, they are very fast animals. And another interesting thing that we've seen them eat, and there's pictures on the internet that I've seen that float around because it makes deer look really derpy, especially caribou, is when the velvet of their antlers shed, they will eat the velvet. So whether it be their own or other caribou's velvet, they will eat that velvet because there are nutrients in it and because it's it's an easy food source. It's right there. And Julia mentioned that they eat uh, lichen. They are actually the only large animal that can use lichen to make glucose. So most large animals, when they eat lichen, it's kind of like a... Uh, a nutritional uh, neutral where it, like you don't really gain anything from it because our body just doesn't uh, digest it or process it. But caribou actually use it. They can turn it into glucose, which is just sugar, which is energy for the body. They're one of the only large animals that can do that. And just kind of moving on to what actually eats the reindeer and what's a threat to it. It's natural predators are brown bears and polar bears, just like we talked in the last episode. So we talked about how big these reindeer are. And that they do travel in herds, so they need big predators like these bears to actually take them down. Um, other threats to them is when they are newborn caribou, and these are things like eagles, wolverines, wolves, and foxes take care or take advantage of the young. And then, kind of segueing that into the how the babies are made with caribou, uh, so. Deer probably have one of the most well-known courtship rituals. Uh, you know, deer, rams, uh, those sort of things. Uh, the males fight. That was That is one of the main purposes of deer antlers is to fight, is to fight other males. It's not a fight to the death. It's not anything like that. It's just exerting dominance sort of thing. And it's literally butting heads and locking their antlers and pushing against each other. Uh, so the victor of these little courtship fighting rituals... Uh, he will get as many as 20 different females to mate with. 
Uh, I think I saw that the loser usually will get some females to mate with as well, but it's not nearly as much as what the victor will get. It's usually in the range of 15 to 20 females that the winner will be able to mate with. And another thing I thought was interesting, uh, while they're going through this mating process where this male is mating with 15 to 20 females, he loses a lot of his body weight because that's all he's focused on. He's not focused on eating, he's just focused on reproducing. So when a female it does get pregnant, pregnancy lasts about seven to eight months. The average is around seven and a half months. And she usually gives birth to one at a time. It is very rarely two. It is most of the time only going to be one. So we've talked about this with other animals like we usually do when we talk about the pregnancy thing. It's a long pregnancy. And as we know with most uh, deer, horses, things like that, when the baby is born, it can walk within minutes. It is able to run within hours. So that long pregnancy is for a reason. And I talked about how during the winter time, these reindeer will lose their antlers. Well, that's half true. During the winter, the male will lose their antlers and it's pretty much after mating season that they do that because they no longer need them, basically. The females will actually have their antlers through winter until they give birth, and that's when they will finally uh, lose their antlers. And that's only pregnant females. Non-pregnant females will st- will usually also lose their antlers. It's usually only the pregnant ones that keep the antlers. And when these babies are actually born, they only weigh about 13 pounds. And so we talked about earlier, you know, the predators when they are young, it's because they are so tiny that even when they can walk, they are so tiny that their opportunity attacks, basically. And they will continue to grow and depend on their mom, um, you know, weaning off of her for about 45 days. And that's when they begin to start foraging for themselves. But they will still suckle on the mother for about another year until they are actually fully dependent. So, yeah, I think I saw they, they seek independence. It's usually about a year and a half after birth. Is So one and a half years is usually about when they are go out on their own. And we didn't mention this earlier, but the caribou lifespan in the wild is about 15 years. Uh, so one-tenth is spent dependent on their mother. The rest of it spent independent with the herd. And we've kind of already implied this, talking about, you know, their migrations and stuff. But as most deer are, they are herd animals. So they travel in these huge, huge herds, um, you know, with thousands of animals. And during the migration period, there can actually be about 19,000 of these deer per square kilometer. Um, so, you know, it's hard to, you know, when we say this, it's hard to actually picture, but that's, that's a lot of deer in a really small space. And it just shows you how large these migration and herds can actually be at one single time. And actually one of the largest migrating herds that was ever recorded was found in the Siberian tundra. And it was estimated it was between 400,000 and 1 million reindeer. So, like, again, it's it's hard to picture how many there actually are, but that is a lot of reindeer. And they only get in these really big uh, herds when they're migrating. When it's, when it's not migrating season, they're in their own little herds. They're still herd animals, but it's a lot smaller compared to when they are migrating. And then some of the communication that the caribou or reindeer employ, uh, they do a lot of vocalizations, and it's pretty typical of any sort of, like, deer-like animal. Uh, they do an alarm kind of like snort. It's just a, like a loud ex, uh, exhale of air. Um, so I think what it's similar to is almost like a whale or dolphin breaching where they just like blow out air. It's that like that kind of sound where they just blow out a puff of air. 
um, a kind of like it's described as a ball, B A W L. Um, it like it usually kind of sounds almost like crying sort of thing. Um, if you've heard it, you've probably heard it from like babies or like a deer that was like hurt, uh, that sort of sound. And then they will also do this kind of like grunting. It's usually it's described as a roar, but it's more like a grunting, and that's usually made by males when they are rutting or when they are like in heat and they're like trying to fight and reproduce. And another noise that they made that I learned about was when they are walking, their knees make this clicking sound. And it is said that when they are bigger and larger reindeer, it's a louder click. And so they don't know exactly why, but they think it might have been used as a warning um, early on. Or it's some kind of way to tell other reindeer when it's coming that it is bigger than you and sometimes that it is smaller than you. So just a little fun fact there. So since caribou, there's so many different subspecies of caribou, it's hard to say exactly like what we can pin down. There are some species that are uh, marked as vulnerable of caribou. Um, there are actually some within the past couple hundred years that have gone extinct, and that's mainly due to hunting. That's usually the primary cause, is because a lot of tribes or peoples will value their meat, and so they get hunted to extinction. Um, but a lot of them are on the le- are least concerned, while a few of them are vulnerable. Um, because they've seen a decline of up to 40% within the past like 20, 25 years. Uh, but as of right now, it looks like they're all right. Because like uh, like Julia mentions with the huge migratory herds, they clearly have a lot of numbers. They are they are in good population size. It's just compared to how they were, it's not ideal. So yeah, like I said, hunting is a big contributing factor to their population numbers. Another thing that really hurts them is any sort of disruption to their migration. So if like, let's say like a random building gets built, that's usually in their migratory path, a fence, uh, a town, whatever it may be, it can disrupt that migratory path and can really hurt the herd because they don't get to the place they're trying to get to because they have this one track mind, like got to take this path to get to the place. The path is no longer there. They don't, they don't get there and it really hurts their numbers. Um, and then also the big one, always habitat loss. Uh, in this regard, it's because of, uh, warming, the Arctic warms up, uh, the summers and winters get thrown off. Uh, things don't grow back when they're supposed to grow back. And this also makes them more susceptible to disease and parasite as well. So here's some fun facts that we didn't get to mention during the rest of the things that we want to mention here. One of the things I learned is caribou are what's considered an umbrella species, which is essentially a species that gives more than it takes. So a lot of animals will eat the caribou, so they're giving to the ecosystem that way. The other big thing is even though they're eating a lot of uh, plants, they are also extremely helpful because they will they will eat the seeds of those plants and then they migrate. Well, when they migrate and they have to defecate, they are dropping those seeds further and further away from where they started. So it helps the plant spread and it helps increase the plant's numbers as it's able to grow in more places because of this deer. And then another fun one that I learned was, so the caribou is similar, similar to like cows. They have four chambers in their stomach. Um, it's most animals that chew cud or like eat plants. They will have that sort of thing. And I actually learned the word for this and I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right. It's uh, ruminants or ruminants, which is just the term for a four, ch- four chamber stomach animal. And then the last one that I have is about how fast the caribou can run. So the caribou can get up to 50 miles an hour. Now, granted, that's not going to be for an extended amount of time. It's usually in short bursts. But yeah, they're running as fast as a car going down a highway sort of thing. And then even baby caribou can outrun Olympic sprinters which in within 24 hours of them being born. 
Uh, so they are built to. They are built for speed. So I'm gonna do a quick fun fact. Since this is, you know, gonna be released uh, Christmas week, and it is Christmas time for everyone. And reindeer, like we said earlier, is one of the most infamous animals associated with Christmas. So the reindeer pulling Santa's sleigh, that actually came into play and was introduced in the 1800s in a couple of children's books as well as newspapers. And there are multiple legends um, all around the world of where, you know, the legend of Santa Claus came from or Saint Nick. You know, there are multiple ones. But one of the easiest guess is that local tribes, they use reindeer to pull their sleds. And when you look at pictures of Santa in his sleigh and reindeer pulling them, it looks very similar to, you know, a tribesman in his fur outfit with, you know, cargo and things on his sled and the reindeer pulling it. If you pull it up side by side, it pretty much looks like the same exact thing. So somewhere in history, we believe that a person could have, you know, maybe brought something to a village and they were thankful. And this man happened to be wearing, you know, his fur coat with the reindeers pulling the sled. So it's just kind of interesting. And like I said, there are multiple theories of where the legend came from, but that's just one that I thought was really interesting. And that pretty much wraps up everything we have on the caribou slash reindeer. Like we said, we're dropping this because for a lot of people around the world, they're going to be celebrating Christmas and the reindeer is a big part of the Christmas culture and legend. Uh, Be sure to tune in next week where we talk about the Yakushin horse and to anybody celebrating any holidays right now, uh, whatever it may be around the world. uh, We hope you're having a good holidays and spending time with family and everything's going all right and you have a good end, end to your year. And be sure to follow us on TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter, and you can find the handles for those in the description for the episode. I'd also like to thank my friend, the musical artist known as Shades, for creating this amazing intro and outro for this podcast. I highly recommend checking out his other work.